Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates and ready to go. OutKick 360 is underway from 6th and Peabody. The Friday edition is here. The edition where Joe Thomas is going after Jeff Saturday and the Indianapolis Colts. We'll get into that coming up. Uh, the top 10 games of the college football weekend. Withrow's bringing that. He's found them. Oh, we I have, found them all right. We've, we've got them counting down all the way to Oxford. That's my prediction. All the way to Oxford, 10 to Oxford. Moneyline upsets in the NFL. Had four options. I went with three. Paul's got some parlays and props and other things that we can play this weekend and uh, a lot to come over the course of the next three hours. You can join us at Outkick360. Tim Graham will also join us. In hour number two, we'll talk Buffalo Bills headlines. Josh Allen officially questionable for Sunday's game against the Vikings. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Can we get right into the Joe Thomas rant on Jeff Saturday? Um, Sure. Watched it. Stories up at outkick.com where I saw the story. Uh, I think it's very – Joe Thomas is an extremely bright guy. And his argument is very well laid out with it being disrespectful – um, that Jeff Saturday has been hired as what he claimed a drinking buddy of Jim Irsay. That's his, that's his requirement for the job. He's Jim Irsay's drinking buddy. He got hired as a head coach. It is a slap in the face. It's disrespectful to other NFL head coaches or assistant coaches that want a head coaching job, right? All fair. All fair. I think that he's on to something with that. I also don't want to... He's more than a drinking buddy. Yeah, I think that's a, a mischaracterization. That is a stretch. I would object to he that He was part. a paid he, consultant of the organization. Yeah. He was more than that. Yeah. Well, yes. Beloved alumni. No real NFL coaching, college coaching All experience. Fair. That's what he's really getting at more than anything else, right? Okay, fair. Let's not also act like it's 1969 <laughs> and we're putting someone on the moon as an NFL head coach. Because he goes into that territory. Let me tell you about my head coaches that never saw their families and did this, this night. And this. I mean, come on. I understand I think it's he's time right on consuming. That, well, he may be. But you want to know what's going to be a slap in the face to NFL head coaches oh, in the community? I, I know where you're going. Jeff Saturday winning. If he comes in and wins in game one, buckle up the rest of the NFL because you suck. And you should get a pay cut. Because a dude off the street did better than Frank Reich, who worked his way up through the system to become a head coach. That devalues your job. And he'll do better truly does. against the guy they tried to hire in Josh McDaniels. So I want to see a lot of backtracking from Joe Thomas and others. If Jeff Saturday wins with this group at all, come back and say, hey, I was wrong. Maybe it's not that difficult of a job if you have a decent staff or if you understand the game, or by all means, if you understand people. Because Jeff Saturday is brought in to be a psychiatrist. He's not brought in to 
bring in a new scheme or do any of that. He is a manager of people. Saturday laid it out well. I'm rooting for Saturday now, quite honestly. But he laid it out well where he said, if you're going to doubt my head coaching ability, fine. I've never done it. I may suck. He also said, do not doubt my ability to lead men. I can do it. I've done it over the course of my career. I've done it in other avenues. I can do it here. I'm rooting for the guy. I think the Colts are going to win two games the rest of the season. I mean, I don't think they're going 0-8, but I don't think they're going to win them because of Jeff Saturday per se. And I do want to see how this first one goes. They've got a big opportunity here because Vegas is a bad team itself, and now a whole bunch of of, uh, the people that make them good when they're good are out. I don't think it's coincidence that Shaquille Leonard, formerly Darius Leonard, was playing, and now all of a sudden he has a setback when things get tough and there's a coaching change, and all of a sudden there's an ankle and back issue again. Let's throw that in there. Um, They're down Jelani Woods, who was legitimately on on the injury report. Deion Jackson is out of this game with a knee. He's the third string back. The good news is Jonathan Taylor's coming back. Matt Ryan is back. He's officially the backup on Sunday um, for Ellinger. Point being, um, I, I don't know what to expect with this because it's such a jarring move. And you're bringing in someone from the outside who, in most cases, if you're bringing in someone who the, the players don't know, they're brought in in February and March in a coaching search. And now it's in the middle of the season when it is apparent that you're, you're, you're expected to lose. Can we throw that out there? Like, yeah, everyone's assumption is this is a move to tank without saying it. And I don't think Jeff Saturday's on board with that. I'm not saying I believe Jim Ursay is trying to do that. But... That's the perception, and you guys know my rule. Perception's reality. They were bad with Frank Wright. I think they'll be bad with Jeff Saturday, and I don't think it's Saturday's fault. I just think they made the decision to bring Frank Wright back in the offseason, which I was opposed to. And I also have a rule where I think coaches and GMs make moves in the offseason based on their job security. They did not do enough in the front office for job security with Frank Reich in multiple areas. They've got some tough games for sure. Next week they play the Eagles. I mean, that, that's as hard as it gets. That's a but, part of the why I think Jalen right. Hurts puts on a show. But they're hosting the Raiders, who have some major troubles of their own no, right no, no. now. No, no, They're on the road this week. In yeah, Vegas. yeah, sorry, at the Raiders. In two weeks they host the Steelers on Monday Night Football. The Steelers stink. And they finish the season hosting the Texans, who are the worst team in football right now. They've got some opportunities to win some games. I don't think winning those games will absolutely vindicate the Jeff Saturday move by any means. I just think if you put a competitive team on the field against those teams, you have a chance to to beat the Steelers and the Texans and even Vegas this weekend. The one thing that I've read, and I didn't go look specifically at the stats, Jonathan Taylor has not been good when he's been playing hurt or coming off injury. And that's what I was thinking was their best chance this week was to go super simple and just run Jonathan Taylor. But Jonathan Taylor's coming off an injury and his history coming off an injury or playing hurt, it's not been good. Well, and also keep in mind, Chad, it's not just Saturday. They're bringing in uh, a brand new play caller this week. They have multiple issues uh, with their offensive line, which Saturday was, he told the press, and by the way, I believe him, 
He told the press that when he spoke to Ursay prior to Sunday, it was about the issues on the Colts' offensive line, which is why he was hired to be a consultant for the team. So Ursay had called him, which is true. They had, they had talked prior, which is what I said on Monday or Tuesday. I said they, they talked on Saturday. They talked about the offensive line while they were in Foxborough or Providence, wherever they stayed. And Ursay was asking his opinion on, like, tell me what's going on. And he, he told the press in Indy, he's like, I didn't have time to watch their game in full last week. So I could not speak to the nine sacks or whatever with the Patriots because I was on set. I had different games. ESPN had me doing this, this, this. And so he told Ursay, he goes, I'll watch it and get back to you. And before he got back to him, Ursay was calling him again about being the interim head coach. That's the story that he's putting out there. And again, I, I have no reason not to trust what he's saying. It is just so bizarre in this day and age where you just don't elevate someone with the staff just to get through the season. This is more than that. And that's why I believe it's more about gathering intel. And if you win enough games that you can get Ursay's attention, maybe you keep your job. Maybe you go to the front office. There's more to this than just finish the season. Chad, I'll meet you halfway. I mean, I think it's oversold as rocket science. But I do think it's a long process that there's a lot that goes into it. I hated, I rooted for, for Tony Dungy over Bill Belichick because Tony Dungy believed in, hey, uh, you know, take your kids to school in the morning and go see their football games on Friday night, whereas Belichick always put on the air, you know, and his coaches always, you know, when they left there, talked about sleeping in their offices and all of that. And I think that can be totally overdone, absolutely. But it is a complex system in the big picture that needs a lot of time and marination and all of that because there's so many moving parts. And I said from the start, that's where my concern is for Saturday with all the moving parts, just getting to know that many people and, and a playbook. And you, you can only simplify to such a degree. So I'd meet this thing in the middle. I think Joe Thomas is overstating on one end and the expectation for, Joe Sat- uh, for Jeff Saturday might be too little on the other end. Two things. One, um, if Jeff Saturday is actually trying to win and the organization is trying to win, let me, let me back up. The best thing for the Colts is to lose every game from here on out. That's the best thing for their organization. In terms of getting a quarterback. They, they should tank. They don't have a quarterback. They need one. If Jeff Saturday is really trying to win and the organization is backing him on that stance, then he's not being mandated to start Sam Ellinger. They're starting Sam Ellinger. They're trying to lose. So he is set up to fail. Because with even with Matt Ryan's problems, Matt Ryan, Nick Foles, better options they, than Sam Ellinger. That is he not can the move mess. off Ellinger what, soon, though. Um, the reports out of Indy are the, that, that Jeff Saturday has told the press that the quarterback job is not a closed competition. Meaning, I think we see Matt Ryan this week. If it's going bad, or if next that, week. If that's the case, I, I don't think I don't if, think he takes this, him, I don't think he leaves what he's doing to go lose and be a joke. Yeah, if we see him, then he's legitimately that, being Hutt. given a chance to win. There's no way Jeff if Saturday leaves and, to be a joke for Jim Irsay. to be a pawn in whatever the the cockamamie idea hit his brain on Sunday. Which is a financial sacrifice because how good Ursay of a friend decided, is he with Jim Irsay? Irsay decided he's, he's a great fil- friend with Bill Polian too, and Bill Polian backs Jim Irsay, but. But then Jim, why is Ellinger starting? But, because Jim Irsay mandated well, it. But it's Jim also, Irsay at the presser. That's my this, point. At the presser this week that I listened to in full, 
Jim Irsay was asked about it, and he was, he, de- he was very deliberate in his answer. He said that he's not opposed to Matt Ryan playing again. It's also too so much of a well, change to come on, in the first day and change right. the quarterback. What are we believing from Jim Irsay <clears throat> and what are we not? Because I said that he, he also said Chris fast. Ballard is a winner and isn't going anywhere. Well, last and week he no said chance. that Reich wasn't going anywhere. And both of you guys said he's gone. <clears throat> At the end I of the said season, he's, he's probably the kickoff of the season, Jack. Well, last week okay, he said but that Reich again, was out. I don't safe. believe Ursay when he says that. If Sam Ellinger is starting, the only they, reason is because Jim Ursay is mandating it. It's only one game. I think Saturday. So does he get a series and screw well, no, up? I and think then Saturday, Saturday says, comes in Jimmy Matt Ryan? and talks him out of that. Hey, you're into Ellinger, but I'm coming here to give myself there, the best why, chance to win. And if why, I think it's Ryan, Paul, I'm going to go to Ryan. Paul, why is he into Ellinger? He Jim wants Irsay? to lose. Well, they want the highest possible draft pick for a quarterback. <laughs> Chad. So it's this cyclical thing of no, no, what's no. actually going on. If you want to lose, keep Matt Ryan back there. He's a statue. They were doing who's just fine. They losing. were doing just as badly with Ryan as they're doing with Allen. I disagree. They, they are were doing, doing worse. Just fine. Matt Ryan's not. Lo- what was it? Twenty-six to three. Yep. Against the, the Patriots? Now, so Ellinger, who's mobile, was sacked nine times. Imagine now tell me what Matt Ryan would have done. Matt Ryan's probably throwing five of those away and getting rid of it. And I'm telling you, Nick probably Foles not. is a better option than both of them. And I'm Nick not just Foles, talking about Matt Ryan. And Nick Foles is the third-string quarterback this week. That's why I'm telling you there's no mandate that Matt Ryan can't play. And listen to Jeff Saturday right here. This is Jeff Saturday on Wednesday after the presser always already happens. This is his daily 15-minute chat with reporters before, or this is actually right after practice. Vrabel here does it before. This is right after practice. And this is not a guy who is taking this gig to be the butt of the joke. And I'll I'll preface this. This is uh, Greg Doyle, who you you will hear first, who is challenging him on the idea that all of this came together in 12 hours. Dave, that, that this all came together in about 12 hours. Yeah. Um, I don't have to say this other than I find that very hard to believe. And I'm wondering, you were in town that week. Yeah. This didn't come up? No. Eisinger say? Did, look at me. Did not come up. Okay. Not once. Okay. Yep. So oh, I, I, I mean, I speak, you know, I'm going to tell you how it is, right? Like, you're going to ask me a question, I'm going to tell you straight up. Not, not once. My first call was Ursay during the game Sunday. So you, let's walk through that. So you were stunned, you say. Yeah. And there's a lot of reasons why you wouldn't take this job, and you explained a little bit on Sunday night or Monday night why you did. Yeah. Why are you here? Why take this job? Because I care. Right? And I told the guys this morning, I care about the players. I care about their families. I've sat in their seat, man. This sucks. Right? I like Frank. I've talked to Frank. We've texted. I love Frank, man. I was working with Frank, right? So I'm working with him every week, talking to him. I I consider Frank a friend, and I love him. I think he is a heck of a football coach. I got no control over how that – so I understand from their perspective. I've sat in that seat. They love Frank, man. That's that's their coach. I mean, they played for this dude. So uh, I don't minimize that at all. I I care about the staff and their family. These guys work hard. They sacrifice for their families. They sacrifice time, energy, and effort. Like, I know – 
equipment room. Man, I know media relations. I know training room. Like, you guys act like this is, these are my people, bro. Like, my adult life was forged here, right? Like, my wife and I had, you know, we raised our kids here. Like, these people matter to me. This organization matters to me, right? The people in the community matter to me. I mean, everybody thinks this is, like, flippant. This is, this is not. Like, I care whatever I can do. And when he said, hey, can you help me? Absolutely, I'll help. If somebody called and said, hey, this is an opportunity to say, you know, for, for the people who are in this room and in this building, would you do it? Absolutely, I'm going to do it, right? And I, I had to make sure my wife was on board. She and I talked about it, prayed about it. I called them back and I said, let's do it, right? And that was it, just for great, that was at one o'clock in the morning. Like, Ursay carries different hours than me, right? He's a lot later. But it was like one or, or, or something that you, will you consider it? And I said, hey, my wife and I, and then he and Chris talked and had a conversation and did whatever, but I had no idea how it was gonna flow through. Just didn't just didn't know and it was a it was a whirlwind, man, and is what it is now. I'm here and trying to trying to beat Las Vegas. I mean that's that's the focus at this point. And every every video element shot, whatever they're allowed to shoot at the Colts practice, it's Saturday and Matt Ryan chatting about elements of practice and what they're about to do. So I I don't think he's coming in to just drop eight, kick the ball off and whatever. I wish Matt Ryan was starting. I think well, he's I, starting next If week. he's sitting there talking with Matt Ryan the whole time, Matt Ryan should be starting. I, I, I believe with all of my heart that Sam Ellinger is not an NFL quarterback and he is not their best option to win. No. If you start Sam Ellinger, the message you are sending me is let's lose out and get a high draft pick. Matt Ryan's not very good this year. Granted, terrible. I think Matt Ryan or Nick Foles gives the Colts a better chance at victory. I also think, again, this is mixed messages. I understand how it's confusing. I think Jim Ursay truly wants Jeff Saturday to be the head coach. Ursay's long been term changing his so mind. So it's, it's a, a mixed lot. thing here going on. It's a mixed thing, but he's been changing his mind at an alarmingly fast rate. So he can change it on quarterback, and Saturday can. Talk him out of stuff. I don't know how you don't watch that game on Sunday and not think that quarterback with Ellinger is part of the problem. Well, the problem is Frank Reich. He's the main I, I've been standing on this soapbox. He refused to go through the run game when it is clear their best option. The media, after a 2,000-yard season from Derrick Henry, refused to talk about him for MVP. Week 10, week 11 of last year, Oh, Jonathan Taylor's the best running back in football. Derrick Henry's out. This guy's the most valuable player in the league. We're going to start spinning this. That never would have happened with Henry a year prior. They love the Colts. They built this whole idea that it was Jonathan Taylor's team. And it's not. They, they never built their system around the run game, and that is why he's fired. And I, I think Saturday's coming in to do that. I don't think now... Ellinger, Matt Ryan, Fult. it's about Jonathan Taylor and their backfield now. Uh, Zach Moss is there. They traded Naheem Hines in response to, and uh, other than the, the picks they got in, in return, Moss. I, I think it's more about the run and extensions of the run through a short passing game, which will keep them in games. But then you have front runners like Leonard, who have back surgery right before the start of the season, and then bow out and tap out whenever it's time to, uh, you know, actually get on board with a new interim head coach from the outside. Chad, I want to tell you about what's going to be your favorite TV show in two years. Okay. 
and the downfall of Twitter. Um, Hard Knocks? Yeah. No. Hard Knocks well, in season know how, two years from um, now on Saturday. I don't know coach? if you've watched it yet, the dropout yeah. about the, the woman. I, I, I'm aware of it, but I've not watched it's, it. It's really good. You're watching Dope Sick now. Theranos. So the, yeah, Theranos. Fascinating story. What Elon Theranos. Musk is doing, it's the, uh, the, it's the, the woman the who said with company. a drop of blood she was going to be able to tell you everything that's wrong It sounds with her. like Cthulhu. And then it was, yeah, and then it was I've absolutely seen, preposterous. Well, both uh, HBO had a great documentary and Cthulhu with True Detective also on HBO. <laughs> but I've seen the, I've seen the documentary not the dramatic series right. about it. The dramatic series is also excellent, but we all read constantly, right? So I've been reading all of this Twitter stuff about Elon Musk and just his takeover. And for such a successful businessman who's made so much money to walk in there and, you know, fire half the staff, then try to rehire half of the people he fired because he realized, oops, that was a mistake. I can't really make this thing work. Well, but they can also... He's going to get them working for less. No, but a lot of these people are saying, like, Twitter is going to start going on the fritz like it used to in the old days. Remember the whale? They called it what, the oh, white yeah. whale or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to start happening again, they say, in this verification process. There are all kinds of issues going on over there. And I, I'm reading about it. I was just reading about it, eating a taco bowl on the way over there. And I stumbled across this paragraph. And I thought this ties in beautifully to a conversation we had recently about names. Chad, we've talked since the beginning of our time together about your dislike of your first yeah, name. Yeah, I don't like my first name. Hutton talked recently about how he was named something else for the first few Matthew. days of his life. Um, this is from a New York Times article I was reading. At times, Mr. Musk was spotted with his two-year-old son, XAEA12, uh, David's going to pronounce that for us in a second, at Twitter's office as he greeted employees. This is the next best name ever to Prince's when he went to... Uh, the artist formerly known as Prince, and apparently Davey somehow knows how to pronounce this. Yeah, it's X-Ash-A-12. And why do you know this? I drink and I know things. <laughs> okay. Well, X- he also, X-Ash-A-12? He, also, uh, he had, Joe Rogan was um, with Elon Musk, and he asked Elon to like walk him through how to pronounce his, uh, his kid's name. And so he did. I mean, this is the right name for a kid that you're intending to die on Mars. Uh, as part of the colonization. He's already told people, if you go to Mars, you're dying. Life well, expectancy, much lower. So <laughs> uh, there, there's the Fair name. Enough. Did we put that on screen for people to see what it yeah. looks like? There's what it looks that's like. A, that's a weird name. Is that a Greek symbol? It just goes by X. It's Elvin. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> the symbol is called the Elvin? I mean, what do you do at school when you go in How do you and you're trying your to paper? write that X. name down? I love the signature. I mean, you, you, just go X? you sign that on your first paper well, the and the teacher's is, like, stop fooling around. No, the truth is, you're Take Elon Musk's seriously. son. You sign your name however you want to sign your name. <laughs> Paul, you sign you, your name with a million dollar bill if you want to. Paul, do you like Ed Sheeran? I like him all right. His kid's name is Lyra Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> At least those are do English words. Do you like words. Orlando Bloom and Katy Perry? Because they have a child named Daisy Dove. Well, these are English words. Do you words. like Cameron Diaz? Yeah, I, I like her quite a bit. Her child's name is Radix with an X at the end. But you see how these are all uh, English language uh, no, names? No, not, not totally. Nick Cage and Alice Kim have a this daughter tracks. or a child named Cal L. Isn't that Superman? Kal-El is Superman. It's K-A-L hyphen E-L. I'm against numbers and names and, uh, and Greek letters. Those are for fraternity. I feel like if Josh Dobbs <laughs> has a child, he'll, it'll be the pie. 
It'll Dad, be three point one. What five, you should name if you guys had five another side. kid, you should name him after the fraternity that gave you that bogus award. Sigma. Yeah. <laughs> I just go Sigma. The Sigma, but not That's spelling it out. A, Sigma Withrow is a pretty. What's the symbol for name? Sigma? I like that. That's an alpha name. Alpha Withrow. <laughs> How about that? We're gonna go through the Greek alphabet. No betas. Raising a, raising a Greek in Sigma, the withdrawal household. Sigma would work. I thought you were more Scandinavian family, but you, you want to turn into Greek. Lars. Can you imagine if there was a beta withrow? Anders. <laughs> beta withrow. Oh, we'd have a field day. I'm so that. disgusted with my lone son that Francis, I named him beta. Francis von Smitto would come back from the grave I don't like the way this kid you. came into the earth, so I'm going to name him beta. Chad's uh, fifth or sixth, seventh removed great-grandfather. What is it? Francois von Schmidto, but it, there's like eight middle names in between that. Yes. And I think he's the eighth. 26 wives? Were Descendant any of, those names of the numbers? Prussian throne. 26 numbers wives? and Greek symbols? Not 26. Uh, more like 27. seven. But his final... No, it was more than that. His final bride, he was 80. She was 19 when they wed. Yes. The logical split. Which was age. Chad's... Six removed grandma. Did they bear children? My, my ancestor, Francois von Schmidow, was once captured, I think in the War of 1812. Yes. And no, just what was his prayer? Yeah, was basically declared that he was not capturable because of his rights to the Prussian throne. He just immediately declared to the, the conquering and, army that and what was the prayer? you can't take me. What was the prayer that he offered going into battle? Oh, man. God be with us, but and if, if you're, you're not with us, then stand aside and let hell reign, basically, was the, was no, the was prayer. Good stand, prayer. Stand aside and watch the damnedest fight you've ever watch seen. Watch the damnedest fight you've ever seen, yes. That was his prayer for Andrew Jackson in the Battle of New Orleans. He said the prayer. And I'm Jewish. a descendant and of this man I bring who this I up. can tell you had, did not have beta anywhere and in that here's, name. Here's yes, what the exactly. prayers have been reduced to. Through all these generations, uh, the prayers have been reduced to God Please schedule my daughter's basketball game <laughs> at a different time than the vault. Hey, different oh, time, different era. Oh, he falls. appreciates this. Please be up two scores when I leave in the third quarter to go coach my daughter's eight-year-old basketball game. Yeah, Von That's Schmidt my prayer now. not proud. Coming up, we've got the top ten college football games of the weekend on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. From 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. We are getting you ready for the weekend on this Friday edition. And it is time for Chad Withrow's top 10 games of the college football weekend. I love how we're Need doing it. more now. reasons to watch college football? It's time to bang some hats. Here's Chad Withrow's must-see games this weekend. Colin Warner with excellent production that I just stepped all over. Yeah. My, my right. bad there. You love you, how we're doing it. Talking, yeah, you're talking about up, that. I looked up and I saw the, the, the video of what we're going to show for those watching, and I see that we're going to unveil one after the other. I'm thinking, man, this is awesome. To, to, uh, to Colin's credit here, which he doesn't know, like we, we had elements for everything we used to do, and then we were trained not to have it because we just didn't have it, <laughs> even though I complained about <laughs> to it. To make it clear. And now we have it, and we we're trained not to have it. We didn't have it because we didn't have it. Right. 
But now we have to it. Be we clear. are a hamster on a wheel. Now and with we the season told, nearly over. We have and it with Colin our Warner. brains. My my frontal lobe is programmed to do what we've Colin, been doing recently. So when there's something new this? in there, I get it going again. So we're going to reset this right, uh, as we come over. back. Yeah, just to train Chad that in every three? Friday we have his top 10 games of the college football weekend. Need more reasons to watch college football? It's time to bang some hats. Here's Chad Withrow's must-see games this weekend. Let me tell you where they're going to bang some hats. That's in <laughs> Iowa City. My guy Matty Ice knows about banging hats in Iowa City. That's what they do. That's all they do. They're going to line up 10 across the line. Else to do. They're going to have one receiver out wide, <laughs> and they're going to just ram <laughs> helmets and bang hats yeah. into each other for 60 minutes of this Wisconsin-Iowa game. That's what both programs want to do. You know why they do it? Quite frankly, it's all they can Nothing do right now. For a 72-pound Brahma Bull trophy, the Heartland trophy at stake here. That's an amazing trophy. And it's going to be well-earned because it's going to be a lot of hat banging going on in this one. Iowa hosting Wisconsin. Wisconsin, a one-and-a-half point favorite. Jim Leonard, I wrote about this for OutKick. I think they should take the interim tag off of him. He should be the full-time head coach at Wisconsin. This would be a big step in getting there. But guys, if Iowa wins with all of the jokes, everything we've said about that offense by Brian Ferentz, who's been terrible, nepotism at its worst, the coach's son, yep. can't get anything done, they could win the Big Ten West. Why did They 15th, could win the Big Ten West with this 15th win. 15th best rushing offense or be on their way. against the fourth best rushing defense of Iowa. Why did this spread flip? Because it was Iowa minus one on Sunday. And it's now Wisconsin question. minus one and a half. I don't know. Maybe Vegas is just bored with this game. <laughs> the no, money. Let's just flip it up. Let's see what happens. Because Iowa's involved in it. Yeah. Number nine, <laughs> Maryland at Penn State. Penn State ranked 14th. 10-point favorite. Is this a rivalry? 2.30 p.m. Central Time on Fox. It should be. It can't be. I mean, oh, it's, it's, the, not, it's, the it's, two, it's two of the three Northeastern well, Big Ten teams. But you have two coaches. So Loxley no and Penn State uh, and, and James Franklin were together. Um, you know, they, they know each other well. Uh, Penn State's overall record in this rivalry, though, quote-unquote rivalry, which both coaches are downplaying, 41-3-1 is the record in the series for Penn State. But last year, they broke the three-game losing streak to Maryland with a win. So who do you take? So, Maryland, it's going to be a windy game, so keep that in mind. Weather's going to be an issue in a number of games this weekend. Windy game, but Penn State's pass defense, which has been very good, has not really been tested. Twice, they played good passing offenses. Ohio State and Purdue, each team went over 350 yards passing. Talia Tungavailoa, the quarterback for Maryland, they'll spread it out, they'll throw it around. Interesting game between Maryland and Penn State. I mean, Penn State's 0-2 against top three teams and undefeated against everybody else. I'm really hard on them. I don't like them, but given that, I should probably like them a little bit more. Good news for them is Maryland is not undefeated, <laughs> so that holds yeah, and true. they're not in the top three. They, they should be fine. Game number eight, Louisville at number 10, Clemson. Clemson a seven-point favorite. Four weeks ago, I would have said this is not going to be in the top 20 of this week's schedule. Louisville, though has started to put it together. They got the six second-half turnovers against Wake Forest in a win. They blow out a really good James Madison team, 34-10. to They're forcing turnovers. They also bit Pitt in there. Clemson turned it over six times in their last two ball games. Can Louisville force enough turnovers to get the big win over Clemson? 
I think it's a very close game. 2.30 Central Time on ESPN. So, Clemson has won, what, 37 straight games at home. That sounds right. It's it's a, a great feat. Louisville, they, they've, all, they've played close recently in this series. And I... 38 straight games is the is the is currently the streak for Clemson. I think the spread's perfect. I would stay away from it. <laughs> I think it's a very tight game. Four of Louisville's losses to Clemson have come by a touchdown or less. Uh, last year it was 30 to 24. Clemson has, you know, they're they're very talented. I don't know if they really know who their quarterback is. Yep. Malik Cunningham is They know who their quarterback is at Louisville, but he's up and down, Malik Cunningham. But he but he's Lamar Jackson. Yeah. He's uh he's accounted for 119 touchdowns. That ties with Lamar Jackson at Louisville. I I have no idea who wins this game, honestly. I would take Clemson money line, but it's not going to win you very much. I'm not going to touch it. Yeah, I don't care anymore. I think it's perfect. Clemson's out, and that's oh, all I needed. Clemson's gonna, out, but I mean, we've seen crazier l- things. Let me let me preview. They're already in the ACC championship. We'll game. probably do this over the next segment too. But let me preview a future ACC game that shows that maybe they're not all out because there's another one right. loss team in the ACC that no one is talking about right now. Has also got a big game this weekend. Game number seven. Let's go to the SEC. Georgia is a 16 point favorite on the road at Mississippi State. This game is at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Mississippi State looked like they were going to roll against Cadillac Williams and Auburn last week. They scored the first 17 points of the game. They have to hold on for dear life. They hit a field goal late to tie it. They get another field goal opportunity to win it in regulation. They miss that one. They go to overtime and win it against Auburn. Mississippi State going for an undefeated season at Davis-Wade Stadium in Starkville. Very different challenge with the Bulldogs coming to town. Guys, I like Georgia huge in this game. Georgia has outscored opponents 208-41 to in the first half this season. The Bulldogs have outscored opponents 76-14 to in the first quarter this season. This comes down to the start. Who starts fast? And Mississippi State's at home. If they start fast, they cover. If not, I'm with you, Chad. And I know... I. I will roll with you because you rolled with me on Bama last week. So, I've got you here. I'll back you with my mind. Leach is 0-4 against Bama and Georgia, which is not a surprise, but he's going to be 0-5. It will take Mississippi State. I'm not talking State. about winning. I'm oh, talking I'm, about coverage. Yeah, Mississippi State knocking them off balance early. It's going to take an early 7 nothing Mississippi does, State lead. Does Stetson In the Bennett, battle of the Bulldogs. Does Stetson Bennett still have a path to the Heisman? Yeah, for sure. It's a good Heisman this, year. So, so Tennessee needs style points. Stetson Bennett needs style points this week. By the way, Tennessee's not going to appear on this list in the top 10. Those style points could take a hit if the forecast holds up. May not be that bad, but it's a 90% chance of rain in 38 to 45 degree temps in Knoxville tomorrow for the majority of that game. So that could affect Hendon Hooker's stat line. So number six, Chad, and then we will pause and come back with your top five. Kansas State at Baylor. Big 12 has had a really good year. Lots of compelling games. Close shootouts throughout the season. I think this could be another one. Kansas State going on the road to Waco. Baylor, a two and a half point favorite, 7 p.m. on FS1. Um, Kansas State has been explosive and balanced. They run it with Deuce Vaughn. They've thrown it with whoever's playing quarterback, Adrian Martinez or Will Howard. T- uh, excuse me. Uh, Kansas State, though, has struggled to hold up against the run defensively. 
Baylor can run it. This feels like a game Baylor can win at home by running the football the way they have this year. But Baylor also has feasted on turnovers. Can Kansas State protect the football in this one? I think another one of those compelling Big 12 matchups. Adrian Martinez is about to set a record that no one knows about but you care about. He's close to joining Colin Kaepernick as the only FBS players with at least 10,000 passing yards and 3,000 rushing yards. That's he incredible. can do it. He can do both in this game. He's within like 150 of both. If he has a great game, he's setting that record. And Colin Kaepernick became the talk of the NFL draft because of his dy- his dynamic play I, at Nevada. I, I'm just saying, like... I can't hear that, Hutton, I and not think about Nebraska fans oh, hearing that. That's why I bring it up. And thinking... I mean, his stats were ridiculous. And he's, I'm not saying he's, he's an NFL guy, He's top five but. in everything in Nebraska because he started as a true freshman. This is crazy. And what played over four years. Like, he's statistically towards the top, if not at the top, of every Nebraska statistical category. Baylor is 6-3. and three. Does Baylor finish the regular season six and six? Because it's Kansas State, it's TCU, and it's Texas They'll the get next one of three weeks. I it's think so too, but that's a hell of a three-pack. That also tells you TCU's case for being underrated. The fact that you're naming all these good games for Baylor and no one's considering TCU's path through the unbeaten right. ranks right now. They also, are now. They're I in mean, now, if TCU comes week, out of it, they're worthy. Just none of us expect them to come out. No. Coming up, Withrow's top five games of the college football weekend on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Big college games coming up this weekend. We've previewed the numbers 6 through 10 for you. Kansas State, Baylor, Georgia, Mississippi State, Louisville, Clemson, Maryland on the road against Penn State and Happy Valley. And then we've got uh, Wisconsin and Iowa making the top 10 barely for Chad Withrow. Chad, let's start with number five. You've got the Tar Heels who... I don't think many know they're eight and one I on the season, I and they are on the road at a place where it is very difficult to win. Wake so Forest. I love the show Stranger Things. They have this thing called the Upside Down in Stranger Things. This is the Upside Down version of Wisconsin Iowa. That's what this game will be because it is going to be pass happy, lots of points. Drake May, Sam Hartman, two terrific college quarterbacks. Love this matchup. Wake Forest. A three-and-a-half-point favorite at home against North Carolina. Guys, North Carolina, one loss in the season. If they win this game, they're an underdog. They get Georgia Tech. They should destroy them. And they get a home game with NC State at the end of the year. You're looking at a possible 11-1 team headed to an ACC championship game. Against Clemson. In North Carolina. This so is something uh, to watch. The Tar Heels are also trying to go 6-0 and on the road. 
which will be the first time they've done that in program history. And just real quick, Wake Forest with 11 turnovers in their last two games. But they, I said they're very difficult to beat at home. They're like 16-3 and three in their last 19 at home or something. And also keep in mind, you're right about the shootout. The over-under, I don't know what it is. It's got to be close to 80. Because the, final, the last two years, 59-53, 58-55. And both of them, it was 45 to like 25. Wake over Carolina and Carolina pulled comebacks in both. This is going to be fun. It's the upside down of Wisconsin-Iowa. Yes. Game number four, LSU at Arkansas. I'll make this very simple. Arkansas is going to win this game. They are a three-point underdog at home. This is an 11 a.m. Central Time kick on ESPN. K.J. Jefferson is going to play. His legs will have to be a factor in this one. If Arkansas is going to win, Razorbacks, even with the loss to Liberty, they've got a great running game. I think this is where Sam Pittman's group rises up and gets a huge win at home. There's a reason this is such a, a small line. I hope you're right, Chad. And I was confident in my picks last week, so I'm riding with you here. So I'm, I'm taking Arkansas with you. I trust you. Um, I don't. LSU has not turned the ball over in 212 snaps now. And they have scored on 10 of the last 13 possessions, which goes back three games. This Can Arkansas do that? Because I, I don't doubt LSU right now. And I do doubt Arkansas. Surely you're rooting for LSU because you want LSU to be as good as possible having nah, he's whatever. He's, your uh, team have rooting for his bank them. account. I'm like uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. I just want the world to burn. <laughs> that's the, some people just root for the world Everyone to burn. Everyone can lose except for Tennessee. I feel right. utter contempt for Arkansas. All of these SEC teams that we hyped before the season I know who, who are average against. now should burn. If Arkansas the, if should If the Vols burn. win, they can all lose. There's a that's team. My, that's my philosophy. There's a team that's about to pop up that you're rooting against. So, game yeah. number three. I see that team. Number 25, Washington at Oregon. The Ducks, 13.5-point favorite. 7 p.m. Eastern kick on Fox. If this game was in Seattle, I think it would be far more interesting. It is not. I think Oregon wins. But watch out, because Oregon at times has been tested by the passing attack. Um, Washington's got the best passing offense in the, in the Pac-12. So they could put up some yards and points in this game. So Michael Penix Jr. leads the nation with an average of 359 passing yards per game. And he's the first FBS quarterback to reach 3,000 passing yards this season. And defensively, they have 26 sacks. Bo Nix is a surprising Heisman candidate right yes, now. Yes, he is. He's right there. Bo Nix sack avoidance is a big story. They have week. back-to-back yep. games now with ranked opponents, Oregon does. This is one of those, if the Pac-12 is going to eat their own, this is a game to watch. All right, here's one to watch. You guys ready? Game number two. Ready. Number four, TCU at number 18, Texas. It is incredible that TCU currently undefeated in the college football playoff. We're talking about their route to get undefeated, but no one really believes they're going unbeaten. I don't. I think Texas wins at home. TCU has won narrowly multiple times this year. Can they continue with that magic? I think Texas is playing well enough. Granted, a team that has not fared well in close games. I think they get over the hump at home. I think they beat TCU. Here's a stat for you. TCU has only turned it over multiple times twice this year. Both of those came in their two Big 12 road games. If this is a third and they turn it over multiple times for a third straight Big 12 road game, 
Longhorns win. Texas is favored by seven. Per ESPN Stats and Info, since 1978, there have been no instances of a top five team being more than a 6.5 point dog versus a team outside the top 10. Well, we had the Vegas ratings uh, rankings yesterday. They're 15th. So that shows you what Vegas thinks about TCU That's also. a one-score spread. TCU's 3-0 and in one-score games this year. Let's go. That magic may continue. Game number one, boys, not hard to figure out. Let's go to Oxford. Lane Kiffin. It Lane is train. the teacher meeting the pupil. Again. Saban versus Kiffin. Number nine, Alabama. 0-3 oh, or 0-4. Oh, and a half point or 12-point road favorite at number 11, Ole Miss. 3.30 CBS I think, game. I think Kiffin's 0-3 against Saban now. He's about to be 0-4. He's had a week to prepare, though. And Saban's 0-2 in the last couple big games now. It close, sounds close it game. sounds crazy that we're talking about motivation for a team with only two losses. <laughs> I know. But that is legitimate for Bama, who they've been in every college football playoff. Since 2014. They're not they, going to be there this year. Ole Miss Are they motivated enough for this game because they're, they're not playing for a national title? I think they're going to be fine. They're there. They, they, Ole Miss ranks third nationally in rushing yards per game. They average 264 per game. Can they run on Bama's defense? That's what this comes down to. Jackson's dart. That, that's all good, but can they control the tempo of this game. I love all three of these stats. Bama's bottom 25 in the country in offensive line penalties per game, blown run blocks per game, overall blown blocks per game. Doesn't sound like Nick Saban to me. Well, they had a ton of penalties last year, and they Got won. Away with it. They won close in some tight games, and now they're losing close in some tight games recently on the final play of Tennessee and LSU. And you could argue, like, Bama should have made the kick. Tide's going to roll Saturday. That's my prediction. I have a feeling about that, too, but I said that last week, Chad. You did. You I did, did indeed. I'm you talked me out of it. I'm I thought shot. LSU was going to have a great chance of winning. You talked me shot. out of that. We talk NFL and the top games across Week 10 next on Outkick 360.